Welcome back to Titans Time, the tailor-made podcast for all Tennessee Titans fans. Let's go. All right, welcome back, everyone. This is Titans Time. We have a special episode today. We're joined by our special guest, two-time fantasy football champion, local small town washed up basketball legend and long lifetime titans fan spencer tidwell spencer tidwell spencer how you doing today i'm doing well how are y'all doing all right we've got a pretty exciting podcast planned for today uh first of all we want to address all the victims uh in tennessee from the tornadoes this past week uh our thoughts and prayers out with them uh, especially in Nashville and surrounding areas and even out towards Cookville and um, further into the eastern parts of Tennessee. I know that throughout this past week we've had uh, some some of the Titans front office and Mike Vrabel, some of the players out in Nashville helping with cleanup. Um, and for everyone that's listening, uh, just do what you can. If you can donate, donate. If you can't donate anything, and you have some time, try to go and help. Um, just do whatever we can to stand together and help those that have been affected by the tornadoes. With that being said, we have an exciting podcast planned today. Uh, to kick it off, let's go ahead and talk about the Combine. Uh, we're a week out from the Combine now, and we've had some time to kind of look over uh, some of our favorite players from the Combine and to just kind of see who we're excited that the Titans might have a chance to pick up in the draft. Tyler, um, what players stand out to you or player? Uh, who stands out to you that the Titans could possibly grab in the draft? For me, the player that stands out is Jalen Hurts. I know there's a lot of talk with Tom Brady and Ryan Tannehill right now. I'm still looking forward a little bit into the future. Um, if the Titans do get Brady, we're looking at two years. So we're going to need a quarterback to take over after that time. Hurts uh, is a quarterback that could set a couple years to learn under a veteran quarterback. Uh, he had a good overall combine. His 40, he ran a 4.59. Um, his footwork in the passing drills uh, looked really good compared to the other quarterbacks. And he had good pass placements. Uh, the ball was coming out of his hand quick. Uh, his throw uh, ac- actually registered at 54 miles per hour. Uh, and, you know, he's a playmaker. He's kind of could end up being similar to uh, Russell Wilson, like what the Seahawks have. So speaking on kind of what you said earlier, uh, just to kind of backtrack a little bit, Spencer, uh, I know there's been a lot of talk about Tom Brady, and I know how you feel about Tom Brady. So, what are your thoughts on the possibility of him coming to the Titans? I think we would all be very excited to have Tom Brady on the Titans, but I feel like we need to keep Ryan Tannehill. Tom Brady is older, and like y'all have touched on on past podcasts, it's the bootleg play action. That's a, that's a big part of our uh, offense, and I don't think we need to just throw that out the window because we have an immobile quarterback. And that's coming from a Tom Brady super fan um Jalen Hurts Tyler do you think that he's somebody if we didn't get Tannehill or Brady 
that we could still go after in the draft and he could possibly step in in year one? He could possibly step in in year one. Um, Something uh, that really factors into that, though, is if the Titans do sign Derrick Henry back or even franchise tag him to have him for another year. Because if – I feel like with Hurts, he's mobile enough that if you have a good run game, he can get outside the pocket, run that bootleg, and with the solid run game that the Titans have, he would have plenty of time to, you know, get passes down the field and hit his receivers. Tyler, I think I have a quarterback that I, I could counter. What about Jacob Eason from Washington? We could probably take him with the 29th overall pick. No. No, please, please don't. Uh, what, what do you see in him? I see a strong-armed guy that uh, can throw the ball downfield to A.J. Brown. Uh, he has pretty decent accuracy. and um, I just i am tired of taking chances on Pac-12 quarterbacks. Marcus Mariota. Jake Locker, uh, I'm just tired of, of doing that. Uh, it hasn't worked out for us in the past. Marcus Mariota brought us out of the dumps, but couldn't take us to the promised land. So Jake Locker, we know the dumpster fire that he was. And I just kind of see Jacob Eason as not being any more productive than either one of those guys. Um, My guy, speaking of throwing it down the field to a wide receiver, my guy is Donovan Peoples-Jones out of Michigan. He he didn't have a lot of production during his college career, but he's a very, very explosive athlete, and everyone knew this going into the combine. He's 6'2", 212 pounds. He had a 44.5-inch vertical jump. Do you know how high that is? That's pretty high. That's ridiculously high. He his forty yard dash time was four point four eight seconds. It's, he, I mean, he's not a blazing speedster, but I mean that's pretty quick. Um, I I think, and I touched on this in my mock draft article uh, on TitansTimePodcast.com. Go check it out. Uh, I think that him not beating his expectations at Michigan was mostly due to Shea Patterson and his incompetence as a quarterback. Um, he has the potential to be a really great addition with Brown, Davis, and Humphreys. I think that after next season, Davis won't, wouldn't be a part of the Titans anymore had Peoples-Jones been drafted by the Titans and shown some promise. Uh, and I think that he's a guy that we could potentially pick up in the third or the fifth round. Now, Tyler, going back to my question to you on Jalen Hurts, what... What do you see from him that you think that he could step in year one um, as far as from – because people had questions about about his his throwing skills in college. Did you see some improvement during his passing drills at the Combine? I did. Uh, some of the big knocks on him were um, his faster receivers. He would underthrow them, uh, and they would have to slow up and wait for the ball. Uh, at the combine, it looked like he was leading receivers uh, very well. There was a couple times where, you know, the receiver had to kind of catch the ball behind him a little bit. But you know, every quarterback at the draft is going to have a couple throws like that. Uh, it looked like he also threw the fade route at the combine pretty well. 
but all of his deep passes to me look like they had a really good placement about them to where if it was in a game situation, uh, you know, if the defensive back was behind the receiver any at all, they would not have a chance at it. Do you think, would would you be excited if the Titans were to spend a second-round pick on Jalen Hurts and – like I said, a third or fifth round pick on Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, talking about that fade, com- combine that with a 44-and-a-half-inch vertical jump, and that's dangerous. That is dangerous. Um, Spencer, do you have some other guys besides the terrible options that you've put out there so far that you think the Titans might be taking the draft? Uh, I believe a guy the Titans could take in the draft is uh, the uh, defensive end out of Iowa, A.J. Espinosa. He uh, he actually had a bad combine, which is why I think he will fall to the Titans. But uh, he uh, strength is his strong point. He only put up 17 reps of 225, which is not very good. I think uh, Jalen Rager out of TCU, the fast wide receiver, uh, put up 17 reps. But uh, I feel like his production trumps his bad combine. That's a guy that I actually might could get on board with. Uh, I have some concerns about how he could transition into a 3-4 defense. But with that being said, I think you, you hit it right on the – I think I think you hit the nail on the head with that one. Um, his production really speaks louder than his combine stats. Um, and I, I'd be pretty excited if he could fall to the Titans. I think it would be another pick where they got someone – that is worth a lot more than where they picked him at like they did with Jeffrey Simmons last year. One position that we didn't touch on that I think that the Titans could definitely use some help at is defensive backs. Spencer, do you have anyone, um, any defensive backs that stand out to you? I have a guy that I believe will uh, fall to us in probably the second round. Jalen Johnson, cornerback out of Utah. He is uh, extremely long. I think he's 6'1", has a 33-inch um, uh, inch arms. Uh, I, I believe he can keep up with uh, some of the faster receivers that we're going to have to face in the AFC. Can he keep up with Tyreek Hill? Nobody can keep up with Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I don't. Is there is there someone in the NFL that you think one-on-one, any cornerback that can match up with Tyreek Hill? No. Tyler? Off the top of my head, not that I can think of. But I believe Jalen Johnson has long enough arms that if he can be close, you might get some deflections or something to at least slow him down. Is there any defensive back in history that one-on-one with no help can keep up with and guard Tyreek Hill? Deion Sanders. Um, That's interesting. Uh, something else interesting that I saw this past week, um, per Matthew Berry. So uh, this carries some weight with me. Uh, the Titans reportedly plan to tag Henry and let Ryan Tannehill hit the market if they can't reach a long-term deal. Now, I mean, it, it's not surprising to me that they plan to tag Henry, but letting Tannehill hit the market, to me, that's that's pretty surprising. Um, but I can get on board with it if that's what they're looking to do. Um, like you said, we could sign Tom Brady and draft Jalen Hurts. Um, but as far as putting the franchise tag on Derrick Henry, what do you think that means for his future with the Titans? For me, it doesn't really 
carry any weight just yet because even if they do put the franchise tag on him, they have until July 15th to try and work out a long-term deal with him. Um, the Titans could actually have two different types of franchise tags they could put on him. There's the non-exclusive and the exclusive. If they are going to tag him, I would rather them put the exclusive tag on him. Uh, it would require them to pay a little bit more on the franchise tag, but it keeps him from hitting the market and allowing other teams to still be able to negotiate with them with him like they can on the non-restricted franchise but tag. If they're planning on giving him a long-term deal anyways, then does it matter them paying the extra money for the exclusive franchise tag? It doesn't because the only way the uh, money would really come into effect is if it hit July 15th and they didn't have a long-term deal worked out because after July 15th, then that they wouldn't be able to negotiate that anymore. Deal goes into effect. That deal goes into effect. Um, Spencer, we've talked a lot about Derrick Henry on this podcast, and I'm sure you know what our thoughts are on him. What do you think about bringing Derrick Henry back next year or – are you one of the people that kind of thinks we can let Henry go and grab a running back out of this draft, which I will admit is pretty deep uh, with running backs? Uh, I don't believe in letting Henry go. I believe uh, if we did, I would not be upset if we franchise tagged him. Uh, I believe in maybe paying Henry a little bit more than what he wants, but only paying him for two years, maybe three years at the most. I'm not a big fan of the five-year contracts with the running backs. It would help if we knew what he actually wanted, though. That's true. Um, I kind of see where Spencer's coming from. We could overpay him for two to three years. Um, and three years was, was the time frame that I was kind of looking at anyways. Uh, and then kind of draft a running back from this deep class to to just to have when Henry when, – when, you know, Henry's time comes and he leaves. What about a guy like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from LSU? He's a workhorse back, and I think we can get him around the third, maybe fourth round if he falls. And he can catch the ball. Uh, he's somebody that I have, once again, titanstimepodcast.com, my mock draft. Go check it out. Uh, he, he uh, <laughs> I had him going to the Titans, I believe, in the second, the second round, I think. Um Anyways, uh, I hope that if they do tag Henry, that they can still work out a long-term deal with him. Um, does this mean that they're they're planning on bringing in Tom Brady? Um, you know, they're planning on letting Ryan Tannehill go. Um, what do you think this means for where they stand with Tom Brady at this moment? I think that they are still just using Tom Brady as leverage right now with Ryan Tannehill. Um, yes, they've said to me that that's the most likely option. Right, and you know Tannehill has said many times that he wants to be back in Tennessee with the Titans. So I think by them saying that they're letting him test the market and everything, they're just trying to use the leverage of Tom Brady being a free agent as well to see if they can't work out maybe a maybe not as long term a deal or maybe less money. Here's something, uh, a question for both of you. Uh, whoever wants to to go first, go ahead. Would Derrick Henry hold out if he was franchise tagged? No. I don't believe so. Uh, just seeing Henry's character uh, and how hard he's working right now, 
in the offseason, even with all of the contract talk going on. I still think he would show up, do his thing. I don't believe he's the type of player to hold out. He wants to show what his abilities are. I think you're right. Would would you lose respect for Derrick Henry if he did decide to hold out? I'm kind of yes and no on this one because while I do feel that he needs to show up to camp if he gets tagged and just show them why he deserves that longer contract. Uh, at the same time, if he does decide to hold out if he gets tagged, I can also understand where he's coming from there because that just means another year that he's putting his body uh, through all the hits, all the carries. It's aging his body even more. Uh, you know, and a he year could potentially be worth less a year from now. Exactly, and that could be. If the Titans franchise tag him, that could be what they're looking at is they can come back next year, offer him you know, a three-year deal, but it'd be a lot less money because he's got more uh, wear and tear. I don't know if it'd be a lot. Well, maybe not a lot, but less money than what he may be asking for now. And another thing, I don't understand why players get so upset about being franchise tagged. I know they want the long, long-term deal. Um, I know they want that from the team, team showing that they uh, – that they care enough to invest in them. But, I mean, you're getting guaranteed money. I'm sure with the running backs, I think it's around $12, $13 million. Is it not? Everything I've been seeing on the... It, it's... Like, what? on the uh, non-exclusive tag, I believe it's showing around $10.2 million. But regardless, I mean, still. I mean, that's guaranteed. that's guaranteed money, and... You can just work out a deal next year. I know that you might get wear and t- wear and tear, but that is guaranteed money that you may not earn with that contract. All right, but also for players that come back and play on the franchise tag, it's a one-year deal. What happens if he tears his ACL? You have $10, $10 million guaranteed. But your career is possibly over. Because especially with a back as big as Henry, if he were to tear his ACL, then you have to think about all that body weight he's going to have on his knees. His recovery time might be a little bit longer. Then you have teams questioning, okay, do we really want to take a chance on him now, knowing that he's tore something in his knee before? I think that's something that's going to come up in the next few years um, with how modern treatment and stuff like that is advancing. You can already see ACL tears and ligament tears, things like that, aren't as big of a deal anymore uh, players are coming back faster and so I think that in the in the future a franchise tag won't be as bad because some of these injuries of course head injuries not included but some of these injuries don't take as much of a toll on the players and they can still come back and get a contract after that I'm not saying that players still aren't gonna you know, not like being franchise tagged. I don't think anybody's ever going to, you know, like the idea of being franchise tagged and, you know, in opposed, opposed to having a long-term deal. But it may not be as bad of a thing with the way that these, these treatments and, you know, everything's advancing. So uh, Austin Eckler for the Los Angeles Chargers just signed a four-year, $24.5 million contract. That, uh, that would be $16 million guaranteed. So uh, after four years, that'd come out to about without incentives, four million a year. Would you rather have a guy with the contract of Austin Eckler or pay Henry fourteen million plus? Well, I think that you have to look at 
the difference in production between the two. Um, of course, Eckler is a lot better on passing downs, but can he handle the workload that Derrick Henry can take and put out the same production? Yeah, I agree with Tanner there. Um, you know, it's just going to come down to what better fits your team. Uh, you know, the Titans are more of a power run uh, team uh, with Derrick Henry. You know, yes, Henry's pass catching on third downs uh, needs to be improved, and really all that would do is keep him on the field even more and could help the Titans out more because he's a hard guy to tackle. But with the Chargers, they uh, have been more of a team that relies on the pass game and hitting the check down passes to running backs. With that being said, do you think that his pass-catching abilities have have been construed a little bit? Because sometimes in the past, Marcus Mariota couldn't even hit him in the hands or even get it within a three-foot radius of him on a, you know, just a screen pass or, you know, just any kind of simple check down. I do believe so because, I mean – I do not remember how many passes, and I can't think of just a ton of passes that Henry has just like let him hit in his hands and dropped. I feel like he has decent hands for his size, and that's not really what we asked him to do. That's when we had Deion Lewis. I feel like we'll bring in another guy after we cut Lewis to uh, kind of fill that same role to give Henry a break. But I do feel like he has better hands than he's given credit for. So, winners and losers of the combine. Um, I've got some guys here. First of all, I just want to go ahead and say winners of the combine, and I have him going to the Minnesota Vikings in my mock draft on TitansTimePodcast.com. Go check it out. Um, Neville Gallimore, Neville Gallimore, the defensive tackle out of Oklahoma. Um, he ran a 4.78 40-yard dash at 6'2", 305 pounds. He, he gets after the quarterback from, from that defensive tackle position. Um, and I really just think that he showed his athleticism at the combine and really boosted his draft stock a little bit. I think he's a guy that, like I kind of thought before the combine, could move up into that position where the Vikings need a guy there in the middle. Um, and I think that he could be a guy that could be taken somewhere in the late first round, um, early second round. A guy I have is C.J. Henderson out of Florida, the cornerback. He uh, he had an impressive combine. He ran a 4.39.40. He had 20 reps on the uh, 225 bench press, and he had a 37.5-inch vertical. Uh, I felt like he was probably going to go in the late, mid to late first round, and I believe he has solidified himself as like a uh, as a early to mid uh, mid first round pick, that 8 to 17 range instead of that 15 to 25 range. Tyler, do you do you have anybody that kind of boosted their stock at the combine or really just solidified people's thoughts about them? Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. Um, I think his 40 time really surprised some people. I know it did me. Uh, I know they were talking about him as being like a hybrid between a linebacker safety slot corner uh but i didn't expect him to come out and run a 439 uh 40 
to put that into perspective, there was only four uh, defensive backs and safeties that ran either as fast as him or faster. Um, he also had a 39-inch vertical and 11-foot uh, broad jump. I think he uh, really solidified himself as a uh, top 10 pick. 11 feet? I mean, that's probably not the, the most, but... It's not the most, but... Just in terms of just thinking about it, like he's jumping a whole basketball goal. He's jumping a, more than a whole basketball goal. That's ridiculous. And I've got, he, he lined up at every defensive position aside from defensive tackle during his time at Clemson. All right, I've got a loser from the combine. Um, Jared Pickney, tight end out of Vanderbilt. Um, he did have 23 bench press reps. I'm not sure how that ranks among tight ends. Um, but he ran a 4.96 40-yard dash. Um, and that was the only on-field test that he did which it was the slowest of all the tight ends. It's slower than Neville Gallimore, the 305-pound defensive tackle. Um, he was plagued by injuries during his senior season, and I really just think that he keeps hurting his draft stock. Um, and, he's, I mean, he just keeps falling farther and farther from here. A loser I have is uh, Xavier McKinney, the safety out of Alabama. He uh... – he had a four six three forty. Um, his broad jump was the eighth lowest of all safeties that uh, were at the combine, and he had a middle of a pa- middle of the pack vertical with a thirty six inch vertical. Uh, I saw where he's been going to be drafted uh, by the Cowboys at a uh, seventeen over Grant Delpit, but uh, after this combine, I believe his draft stock has plummeted, and he might fall into the second round. Yeah, some of the some of the mock drafts that have him going early first. I actually think I had him going early first in my mock draft. Um, I just don't see that happening anymore, and I really think that he's hurt his draft stock a lot. Um, Tyler, do you have uh, any losers from the combine? Trey Adams from Washington, uh, the six eight three hundred eighteen pound lineman, come out and ran a five six forty. He might come whoop your ass, that big old dude, if you keep calling him a loser. It is what it is. I mean, he led a 364-pound lineman outrun him by half a second. So, And he also did not uh, participate in the bench press, which uh, some of the knocks on him did question his chest strength. So you have to wonder if that might be a reason why he didn't participate in the bench press. Um, and... I feel like a lot of teams are worried about his durability, uh, you know, once he gets to the league. All right, guys, this has been it uh, for this week's Titans Time podcast. Spencer, uh, it's been a blast having you on. You definitely need to come back sometime. Thank you so much for taking the time to come out here and talk about the Titans with us. Um, Anytime you want to, you can come back. We're here every week. Um, But seriously, thank you. Uh, Thanks for coming out and being on the podcast. Uh, thank y'all guys for having me. I had a blast. Um, I plan on coming back sometime. Hopefully we'll have some, some big news coming in the next couple of weeks. Um, Tyler, do you have anything to tell our listeners? And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Go ahead and give us the five-star rating. And leave a comment. And check us out on Twitter, Titans underscore time. This has been Titans Time. 
Y'all have a good week.